Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Mike McGowan. Hey, I'm glad that you're here today. Uh, today is going to be a great day. I am so excited about this, starting this message series because I believe that the children are our future. I'm just kidding. Like, that's dumb. Like, that's, that's, a, that's just a song. Um, no, I, here's why I'm really excited about it. I'm excited about today because God has a great plan for each of our kids and our grandkids. And he wants to use us as parents and grandparents to help them get the best start in life that they can so that hopefully they will choose God's path and God's plan for themselves. Now, ironically, you would think that there would be these big passages of Scripture that deal strictly with parenting so that you know, someone could come to you and they would say, hey, you did, as, a, as a new parent, you need to go read everything that Luke says about parenting. Now, if you're not a Bible person, you might be thinking, Luke, like, like Luke Skywalker? Like, I'm pretty sure he's not so good with kids. Okay, no, not Luke Skywalker, but um, there's a book of the Bible called Luke. Now, we don't know his last name, but I guarantee you it's not Skywalker. But my point is, is that there's not any of these like really big passages that just deal exclusively with parenting, which is a little odd because parenting is really important to God. But what we do have is we have principles of parenting woven throughout Scripture that gives us great direction as parents and as grandparents. And so if we would look at these principles closely, then God could use them to help transform us as parents and grandparents to accomplish his purposes in our kids' and grandkids' lives. So, um, so in this series, what we're going to do is we're going to take as many of these principles as we can find and, and that we have time for and we're going to give them some down-to-earth application so that we can learn how God wants to uh, use us as parents and grandparents. And by, you know, by the way, grandparents, this series is just as much for you as it is for parents. Because I'm telling you, God wants to use you as an incredible influence on your grandkids. And so this is just as much for you as it is for anybody else. And so throughout this series, I'm going to be pointing out how these principles can be put into practice by you as a grandparent. Now look, let me just say this. If you're an empty nester, and you're, maybe you're not a grandparent yet, you know, maybe one day you'll become one. So this is your chance to kind of get some things lined up in your own life so that if that day happens, you'll be a great grandparent from the get-go. Or maybe for you, you don't have kids yet. And maybe one day you'll have kids. So this is a great chance for you to go ahead and decide the kind of parent that you want to be so that God could use you in the lives of kids in the future. So literally, there's something in this series for everyone. So that brings us to our message today. What is the end game for parents and grandparents? Well, I remember when our, when our daughter, Libby, was born, um, I, I got to be honest with you, our goal at that time was just, just to get her to sleep through the night. Like, I mean, we weren't thinking about some you know, long end game goal here. I mean, you know, we were shooting for the stars. And I remember, you know, one time, and it had to be like 3.30 in the morning, I don't know, but we were in just some sleep-deprived blur at that moment, and uh, the baby monitor goes off, and you know, Libby's crying, and like, I rolled over and I looked at Amy, and she rolled over and looked at me with those eyes of like, 
are you going to get up or am I going to have to get up? And, I, and, and, and she said something like, she said, uh, she said, you know, maybe we should just let her cry it out. I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely let her cry it out. Because I'm telling you, I, I said this, I was like, hey, learning how to self-soothe, like that's a life skill. Like, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And then, like 30 minutes later, I came back to bed after rocking her to sleep. So I mean, that's just how, I mean, that's how it went. So... <laughs> But look, I mean, look, in those early days, I'm telling you, like, it was just a sleep-deprived blur for both of us. And we, I mean, we weren't thinking about any long-term goal. We were just trying to make it through the night. I mean, that's as much as, but the problem is, for us, is it is so easy as parents to fall into the trap of just letting parenting happen. That, that we fall into the trap of just letting it happen and we just move from this stage to the next stage. That we, we go from, you know, just trying to get them to sleep through the night to, you know, potty training to, um, you know, table manners to, you know, learning how to, you know, say please and thank you to, you know, learning how to do homework to learning to drive to how to deal with friends and how to deal with girlfriends and then boyfriends and how to, you know, pick a college and then choose a career and, you know, on and on and on until finally we get through all the stages. And then we just, we look up and we say, where did all that time go? But we were never intentional about anything. We never had any real end game goal in mind. But I'm telling you, God today gives us some incredible insight into helping us do that. And, and he does it through the most important passage in the entire Old Testament. More important than the Ten Commandments, more important than Noah and the Ark, more important than David and Goliath, more important than any other Bible story that you can think of. And I know that might sound like a lot you to say that this is the most important passage in the Old Testament, but look, I'm not the one that said it. Jesus did. Because when Jesus was asked, what is the most important commandment in the entire Bible, this is the passage he quotes. And it's in this passage that, God, that we get at least two key down-to-earth principles for parenting that we're going to look at today. So here's the first one. So go ahead and pull out your message notes if you haven't done so. I'll write this down. The first key down-to-earth principle is this, is that I need to decide the goal of my parenting or grandparenting. The first thing I've got to do is I have to just decide the goal of my parenting or grandparenting. I want you to look at this passage of Scripture. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning verse 4. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Okay, now, here is the greatest commandment that Jesus refers to. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These are the commandments that I give you. The commands that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home or when you walk along the road or when you lie down and when you get up, okay? So let me ask you this. What is your end game goal for your kids? Have you ever thought about that? What is your end game goal for your kids? Have you sat down and actually put words to what your end game goal is as a parent? I mean, have you done that yet? And if you're married, have you sat down with your spouse and actually written your goal as a parent? I mean, what, what do you want the end result to be? Is your goal for your kids that you just want them to be successful? Is it that you don't want them to struggle financially? I mean, do you want them to make it to the NFL? Is that your goal? 
Is it that you wanted to get into an Ivy League school? That you wanted to get a great education? That you don't want them to have the same painful experiences that you've had? Is it that you just wanted to have a better life and a better start than you? I mean, what is your end game goal as a parent? Look, grandparents, what is your end game goal? Empty nesters, what would your end game goal be for your, grand, for your grandkids one day? Look, let me just say this. If your end game goal as a grandparent is just to spoil my grandkids rotten, you are aiming too low. Look, I'm not saying that maybe you shouldn't spoil them. I mean, you probably should. But I'm saying if that is as far as you've gotten as a grandparent, you're aiming way too low, way too low. So what should your in-game goal be? Because look, I'm not saying that any of these other things that we've talked about and named already, I'm not saying they even were bad. I mean, they're not. But when God has a chance to talk about the one thing that he wants parents to do, the one goal he has for parents, he's pretty clear. That God says that your in-game goal as a parent or grandparent ought to be to teach them to love God with all of their heart, with all of their soul, and with all of their strength. That is what he says to do. So here's what I want you to do. You know, perhaps this afternoon, perhaps tonight after you put the kids to bed, or perhaps when they're, when they're off doing their homework, getting ready for tomorrow, I want you as a parent or, or grandparent to sit down and actually write out your in-game goal as a parent or grandparent. And if you're married, do it together. So whether you're single or whether you're married, sit down, take some time today, sit down and write out that goal. As a grandparent, sit down and write out that goal. <coughs> now let me just say this. If you, uh, you can have more than one goal, okay? Um, you might have one, you might have two. I, honestly, I would not have more than three, and three only if you absolutely have to, because here's the thing, if you have too many goals, you end up just not trying to hit any of them because you, you lose focus. But at least one of those goals ought to be some version of this verse that we're talking about today. Look, I'll even say this. If you don't have kids yet, or even if you're engaged or you're dating, you ought to sit down and take a moment and write out what your future goals would be if you are a parent someday, and then compare notes. Because if your in-game goals are wildly different from that other person, better to know that now than after your second baby, right? So sit down and do that today. Now, I have a confession for you. Until a few weeks ago, Amy and I, like, we had actually never done this. Now, I mean, we talked for years about, like, what we want to see God do in our kids' lives, like, what we want to accomplish, like, what, what we want. We talked for years about it. We'd actually never sat down and physically written it out. And, and as I was preparing for this message, I kind of felt convicted from God that we needed to sit down and actually write out our goals as well. And so um, I want to share our parenting goals with you. We only have two. We only have two parenting goals, okay? Here they are. Here's the first one. Our first goal is to teach our kids to love God and follow his voice. That is our first goal as parents. We want to teach our kids to love God and follow his voice. And then our second goal as a family is this, to always be close as a family. These are our two parenting goals. And Amy and I feel like if we can accomplish these two things by the time our kids leave the house, that we've been successful as parents. 
These are our two goals. And everything that we do focuses on these two goals. And because, and th- this is really important. And here's, this is what the next, your next film. This is the next part that I want you to write down, okay? The reason why writing these in-game goals and why they matter is this, is because my in-game goal affects real-time decisions. Whatever my in-game goal is, it affects my real-time decisions. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Um, Because we want to teach our kids to love God and to follow his voice, one of the things that we do is we make sure that we choose vacations that don't primarily entertain us. We choose vacations that where, where we will grow closer as a family, because that's one of our family goals. So, you know, for instance, a few years ago, we went to Yellowstone National Park. We spent 10 days in Yellowstone National Park just hiking and seeing the sights and, you know, learning. And, and we would spend hours and hours hiking down these trails just talking and just sharing and just getting their, our kids' thoughts about life and about, you know, like whatever while we were looking at this incredible scenery. Or other times when we go uh, and rent a hotel room or a condo or something else like that for vacation, we have a no TV policy. Like, we don't turn on the TV at all, ever. And so we spend that time playing games or we play cards and making memories and that kind of thing because our goal is, one of our goals is to always be close as a family. And that affects things like what we do on vacation. And so, like, some of the best things about doing these national parks is, like, there's no cell service out there anywhere. So we just put all that stuff away, and we spend time together as a family. Other things that we do is this, is that um, when our kids were small, and honestly, even now, because one of our goals is to teach them to love God with all their heart, is that we are very, very careful about what we allow them to watch, very careful about, we, we, don't want, we don't allow them to watch anything that would draw their hearts away from God. Now, when they were small, we made sure that all their videos and a lot of things that they watch, or most everything they watched, was about Bible stories and about Bible characters. I'm telling you, because we wanted to plant those anchors deep when they were young. Other things that we've done. Um, our goals affect our discipline. Because we want to discipline our kids like God disciplines us. And he always does so lovingly. So we work really hard not to actually discipline while we're mad. Like we take a break, we walk away, and we, we talk about discipline after we've had a chance to calm down. And, so, and then the discipline, and Amy will talk a lot more about discipline next week, but we'll talk, we do discipline that helps our kids uh, move towards the behavior that we want and not just merely punish them for what they've done. Other things. Um, our goals affect how we volunteer here at church, you know? I mean, maybe you don't know this, but Amy and I, we volunteer here at church. I mean, ever since our kids were small, since they were pre-K, we have volunteered teaching their small groups. Um, so like when, you know, one year Amy would teach Libby's group, and then I would teach Ben's group, and then the next year we would switch. And so ever since they've been in pre-K, we've been teaching their small groups on Wednesday nights because we want to be close to our kids, and we want to teach them how to love God with all their heart and hear his voice. I mean, so do you see how this works? Grandparents, do you see how this works? Because whatever your goal as a grandparent is, like that affects what your grandkids do when they are with you at their house. 
It affects the kind of videos that you have, the things that they could watch. It affects the, the things that you talk about. It affects the memories that you make. It affects the gifts you buy. It affects everything that you're doing as a grandparent. Now, look, I mean, you have to be mindful about your own kids and what their standards are and what they will allow and not allow. And that's especially a little bit tricky if your kids are not Christ followers. But I'm telling you, you as grandparents can have an incredible influence over your grandkids if you have your end game goal in mind, okay? Speaking of which, like if your kids are grown or maybe they're almost grown, like you haven't done any of this, like you've just trying to make it to season to season. Or maybe if you have kids that are grown and they've walked away from God, like what do you do? So if your kids are grown and you haven't really done this or there's you know, been some you know, separation from God, what, like, what do you do? What are a couple things? Okay, let me tell you this. Here's the first thing, this. I would say this. Don't take on what I'm not responsible for. I would say this. Just don't take on whatever you're not responsible for. Look, the Bible is clear. Your kids are responsible for their own choices. You're not responsible for them. All you're responsible to do is to teach them as best you can with what you knew at the time, which you did. And so, you know what? If, if, if they've had a hard time and it hasn't gone well, look, you don't need to, you know, just have, you know, have a dark cloud and just, you know, sit in the corner and eat worms, okay? That, like, get out of that. That's not, that doesn't mean to be you. Only be responsible for what you're responsible for. And that's it, okay? The second thing I would tell you is this, is that um, it's never too late to start doing the right thing. It's never too late to start doing the right thing. So if you have teenagers and you haven't been doing any of these things, you know what? Start now. If you have grandkids and and they're getting older, it doesn't matter. Just start whatever it is you know you need to do. Start now. Go write your goals and whatever it is God's telling you to do, start it now because look, God is a God of second chances. And if you want God to bless you, then start doing the things that God blesses, right? So just start wherever you are and go forward from there, all right? Okay, now all that leads us, that leads us to our second big principle, parenting principle we're going to talk about today, and that's this. Number two, I need to make Jesus my life, not an activity. I need to make Jesus my life, not an activity, Let's reread verse 7. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7 says this. It says, impress them on your children. I want you to circle the word impress. We're going to come back to it in just a second. Impress them on your children. I'm telling you, that's an emergency sort of thing. Like, you need to impress them on your kids, okay? (laughs) Impress them on your children, Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Okay, now, that word impress that I had you circle, the word impress, it means to sharpen, like to sharpen a knife. So you can like, write that down somewhere in your notes. It means to sharpen, like you sharpen a knife. The, the idea is, is that God wants you to hone away all of the things in your kids' lives that should, and grandkids' lives that should not be there so that they can become the sharpest tool in God's hands for God to do something great in their lives and through their lives. That's essentially what he's talking about, okay? Well, how you do that? 
How's this done? Well, I want you to look what the verse says. The verse says that that happens when you talk about God at home, like when you're on the road, when you lie down, when you get up. The, the, The idea is that you talk about God throughout the day, every day, okay? Not just on Sunday, not just at church, not just a small group. God is not an activity like band or the Boy Scouts or baseball. God is a part of your everyday life. That's what it means. Okay, look, just think about it. Look, if God is only a part of your life on Sundays, you know, between the hours of, you know, 10.15 and 11.15, and, that, and that's, that's all that it is, then what are your kids supposed to think? I mean, here's what they're going to think. They're going to think, well, God is an activity that we do for, as a family on an, for an hour on Sunday, and then we go eat Mexican food. I mean, that's, that's, that's what they're going to think. That's it. But look, that's not going to change their lives. That doesn't change their lives. In fact, the truth is, it'll actually harden their hearts toward God because what they'll grow up thinking is that God is, because God's an activity and I am pressed for more time and I have so many pressures on my schedule, you know what? I don't have time for an activity that only makes me feel guilty and has no effect on what my life is like on Monday. And so many of them will just walk away. It's true. So you know what you do? You do what God says. You make God a part of your everyday life. Look, I don't want you to do that just so you can set an example for your kids or you can set an example for your grandkids. You make God a part of your everyday life because that is what Christianity is. I mean, that, that is who God is. Look, you can't contain God to an hour anyway. So why would you even try to do something like that, okay? So look, when God ceases to be an activity and he really becomes a part of your life, then how does that change things? Well, let me give you a few examples. You know, first off, you know, for me, when, whenever I'm driving down the road and I see a light of an ambulance or lights of a fire truck, like, I'll say a quick prayer out loud. And you know, it doesn't matter who's in the car. I'll say a quick prayer out loud. And it's just a couple sentences, something like, God, whoever those people are going to rescue, would you please not let that end in death, but that they would be okay, but that you would use this experience to draw them closer to yourself, or if they don't know you, that they would find you for the first time. And that's it. I, I mean, amen. That, like, that's it. That's all I pray. And if my kids are in the car, then they'll hear a prayer like that. And I'm telling you, those types of things, they make an impression. They hone some things in their lives. And, that, and that's what it's for. You know, I think about other things. Like um, when our kids have a big decision to make, Amy and I will talk to them about their big decision. And we'll ask them, like, well, have you prayed about that? What, what do you feel like God is leading you to do? I kind of put that in their hands and teach them how to pray about decisions with God. Or other times when, if somebody's been ugly to our kids at school, and you know, that happens. When they're ugly to our kids at school, we'll talk to our kids about like, well, you know, what do you think that Jesus would want you to do? What would Jesus, how would Jesus respond in that sort of situation? And just get them going down that road because it affects every part of our life. I mean, that's just, that's just how it goes. Um, other things, um, like we pray out loud in the car Every day on the way to school, 
And, and it's, it's not always like this like deep, holy moment. I mean, a lot of times, you know, it's just, you know, the kids are want to, they've got a test. You know, they got a math test or, you know, an English test. And, you know, they want prayer, you know, because to do well on the test. Now, here's the thing. Like, what I don't want is I don't want my kids growing up thinking that they don't have to study, but they can say, okay, God, just give me all the answers, you know, because God, you know all things. So, so, I, like, so here's what I'll do. I'll pray something like, I'll pray something like, God, I don't want you to give them the answers, but I want you to help them recall everything that they have studied. I don't know my kids, they're in the backseat, they're going, oh, that's great. We should just ride with mom, like for now, you know, right? But, but, I, but I'm telling you, but all, all we do is look, every, everybody shares a little prayer request, I do too, and then we just you know, pray for the person you know, next to you, and we just go around the circle, and that's it. But I'm telling you, all of those things make God a part of our daily life. And, and in our home, like we have art and we have verses, and you know, we've got you know, pictures and things displayed about Jesus and God and Christianity because he's changed our lives. So how could we not have some of that stuff in our home? And all of that together, all the cumulative effect of all of that together helps send a very real message that God's not just an activity that we do, on par with a gym membership or a sport or any other event. It is who we are. And, and that kind of message is incredibly important to be able to send to kids. So let me just wrap it up with this thought, okay? If you have treated God and Jesus you know, like an activity, like just something that you, you know, do for an hour a week, you know, like a sporting event or gym membership or something like that. If that is true, then I don't know God as he truly is. If I've just treated God as an activity, then I don't know God as he truly is. And, and maybe, you are, maybe you are a Christ follower and you just have never known any different, you've never been taught anything different and you've never exposed anything different until today. Or maybe it is that you're not a Christ follower because you've never truly had a life-changing encounter with the living God. And if that's you, then the first step is to pray and ask Jesus to come into your life to forgive you for everything that you've ever done and then commit to follow him with your life. That's what being a Christ follower is all about. Not just following him for an hour on a Sunday, but following him with who you are all the time. So if you've never had that sort of a life-changing encounter with God, then start with that prayer. And there's a sample of that prayer. It's in your message notes at the bottom. If you've never prayed that prayer and you're ready to do it today for the first time and really mean it, then take a second. I want you to pray that prayer right now. Now, for everybody else, if you've prayed that prayer before, you know you're a Christ follower then let's commit to God that we're not going to just let parenting and grandparenting happen to us. Let, let, let's commit to God that instead that we're going to be intentional, that we're going to be focused, that we're going to keep our end game in mind, and that end game affects all of our real-time decisions as parents and grandparents. And, and more than that, that we wouldn't treat God just like an activity, but that we would treat God like he truly is, as God one that we bow down before and we worship and we align our lives to as best we can 
all the time, not just an hour on Sunday, but every day during the week. And if you're getting a late start on that, then so what? Start today. Just start today. And watch what God will do in your family. All right, everybody, bow your head, close your eyes. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, uh, for how you weave these parenting principles in these verses. And I ask that you would help us as parents and as grandparents, God, to fall in line with what you are asking us to do. And I pray for those parents and grandparents that, um, that maybe are hearing this kind of thing for the first time today. Lord, that you would allow their conversations about developing their in-game goals as parents and grandparents. Let those conversations go well today. Let them not be filled with tension, but let them be filled with hope. And let them be filled with a desire to honor you at every turn. And that you would help all of us to live out our commitment to follow you. And we live it out every day. And that that would send a very powerful message in and of itself. We love you. And I ask you to do all these things in the wonderful name, the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.